Hello, uh, welcome back to, uh, um, scary. Okay, you know, that's just cringe intro. Okay, just welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been like what, a year since I've uploaded. Why? Because I've had more stuff to do. Anyway, we're going to be reading some short stories today as I have to go down to dinner, but I promise I will try to upload more. Okay, Cheap Divorce is a creepy crime story with a twist in its tail. It's about a man who hates his wife and plans to murder her while they're on holiday together. Damn, what a twist. Okay, I haven't even fucking read the last... Okay, let's just start reading. I love my wife. You've got to believe me. At least, I did love her when we first got married. As time went on, we grew up harsh. Love slowly turned to hate and affection returned to resentment. Every little thing she did began to annoy me and I grew to detest every minute I was forced to spend with her. Till death do us part, that's what we promised when we read her wedding vows. Little did I know how ironic those wedding vows would turn out to be. Hate's a terrible thing. When there's hate in your heart, it festers and it grows like cancer. Before you know it, the haste has taken over your mind. It clouds your better judgment. It poisons your thoughts. It makes you do things you never thought possible. I hated my wife, and this hatred preyed on my mind. It followed me around like a bad smell, and tormented me day after day until I was obsessed with it. Eventually, I got to the point of no return, the point where I was planning to kill my wife. I wanted to be rid of her, and all I could think of were ways to murder her without getting caught. I came up with an ingenious plan, a plan so cunning I was sure, sure, nothing could go wrong. I told my wife I was taking her on holiday. I pretended that the purpose of the trip was so we could work on a marriage and try to repair what had been repairably broken. The place I chose for our vacation was remote to a remote hotel, high up in the mountains. From the balcony of our hotel room, there's a wonderful panoramic view of the snow-capped mountains that surrounded us. There was also a hiking trail that led all around the mountain and skirted the cliffs. At one point on the trail, there's a spot where the cliff edge was crumbling away. If someone wasn't careful, they'd lose their footing and plunge to their death. It was perfect. One glance over the edge was enough to make you dizzy. There's a sheer drop of almost 1,000 feet, and at the bottom there's nothing but jagged rocks that would tear your body to pieces. The next morning after breakfast, I invited my wife to go for a walk with me along the mountain trail. We left the hotel together and hiked up the path, neither of us saying a word. When we reached to the spot where the cliff was crumbling away, my wife suddenly stopped in her tracks. She looked over the edge and shuddered. This is my chance to push her off. There's nobody around. We were completely alone. I took a few steps closer to her. My hands were shaking. Then she turned to face me. There was an odd look in her eyes. Do you even have the tiniest bit of love left in your heart for me? She asked. There is no reason to lie anymore. No, I replied. I thought so, she said. I just wanted to give you one last chance. One last chance? I said. What, what do you mean? Before we left the hotel, I wrote a note and gave it to the hotel manager. She said if I told him that if anything happened to me, he would should give it to the police. In the note, I told them that and I know you were planning to kill me. I told them that you're planning to push me off a cliff. I know you hate me, but you have no idea how much I hate you. Try as you might, you'll never be able to convince anyone that it was an accident. I was confused. That what was an accident? I asked dumbly, before I had a chance to react. She threw herself over the edge of the cliff. I couldn't get to her in time. I could only watch as she fell, shrieking and whirling, plummeting to her death at the jagged rocks below. 
She hated me so much that she killed herself. Just to frame it for a murder I didn't commit. I tried to tell the police that it was an accident, but they didn't believe me. They arrested me and clapped me in handcuffs. During my trial, I was testified. Turn the jury exactly. Oh, okay. Turn the jury exactly what happened, but they ignored my story. The note my wife had written was all the evidence they needed me. They found me guilty of murder in the first degree, and the judge sentenced me to death. That's how I came to be sitting on death row. As I languish in this cell, waiting for my inevitable execution, I have a lot of time to think. I can't stop myself thinking. I have a lot of regrets, but there's one in particular that torments me. I can't help thinking that getting a divorce would have been so much easier. <laughs> Dude, what a fucking retard. Oh shit, sorry. Uh, that's the reason. Oh god. Yeah, sorry. My friends have explained it to me loads of times, but I don't know. Sometimes it just slips my mind. If anyone's reading to me out there and they suffer from some kind of mental disability, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, please don't be mad at me. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's see if there's any more short stories. This short story is called Bad Mother. The Bad Mother is a strange and unsettling story about a woman who is extremely nasty to her children. This is another popular modern urban legend from Spain. Ah, España, mi país. The story of the Bad Mother, which I am about to relate, is not well known, but it is still real. If you have a heart of steel, iron nerves, and the soul of a sumo wrestler, Sit down and make yourself comfortable and read this story. Because if they are weak-minded or fear cruelty of blood, then you must not listen to my tale. In a small town in Spain, many years ago, there was a woman named Rosa, who lived in a hut. She raised four children with her husband, two sons and two daughters. Her eldest son was named Francisco, Javier was next, followed by Maria, and the youngest Lucia. Those who knew Rosa said that she was a nice woman, but after the death of her husband, she slowly began to go insane. Little by little, she began to treat her children worse and worse. The young boys and girls were terrified of her, because whenever they did the slightest thing wrong, Rosa would fly into a rage and hit them so hard that their cries could be heard echoing throughout the house. The neighbors were aware that Rosa had become a bad mother, but they had no way of knowing just how bad she could become. One night, the weather forecast on the radio predicted heavy hail, heavy snow, and widespread thunderstorms. It was very cold, and Rosa told her children to take the axes of the woodshed because they are going into the forest to chop some firewood. The children knew that their mother would get angry if they didn't listen to her. Within minutes, they were waiting outside, armed with flashlights, bags, and axes. They also brought some rotten meat with them in case they encountered a wild animal. Once they had reached the middle of a forest, Rose took her son Francisco aside. Francis, you come with me, she said. The rest of you cockroaches, look around the wood. Without another word, Francisco grabbed his bag and followed his mother. When they were out of sight of the other children, his mother turned to him and said, Francisco, 
Hold out your bag and stand perfectly still. He held out the bag and his mother walked behind them. I hope you understand what I'm about to do, she said. Your father was the only one working, and without his income, we are lost in our house. There's one too many mouths to feed, and I am stuttering. Sorry, but at the same time, no regrets. With that, his mother picked up the axe and swung it at her son's hair, son's head. It sliced cleanly through his neck, neck, and his severed head fell into the bag she was holding. Then Francisco's body collapsed in a heap of snow, still clutching the bag. The mother used some snow to wash the blood off her axe, and then she ran back to her children. Francis was eating by a bear, she said. It's not safe out here. We better go home. The poor children had no idea what their mother had done. They cried all the way home, mourning the loss of their older brother. They're unaware of what fate had in store for them. At home, the children were bathing and grooming themselves upstairs. Rosa called Javier and told him that she needed help in the kitchen. Javier, always an obedient child, ran downstairs as fast as he could. Make me some tea, you little cockroach, or Rosa. When the tea was ready, she growled. Bring me the bottle that is sitting on top of the shelf of the cupboard. The boy did as he was told. Rosa poured the contents of the bottle into the tea, and then handed it to Javier and told him to drink it. Young Javier was not suspicious in the least. He took the cup his mother handed him and swallowed it in one gulp. He had no way of knowing what his evil mother had put that his evil mother had poisoned it with deadly cyanide. A minute later, Javier crawled upstairs and collapsed in front of his siblings. He was foaming at the mouth and rolling around on the ground. Lucia came running downstairs and cried, Mommy, Mommy, Javier is having a cardiac arrest. Rosa calmly walked up the stairs and found Javier lying motionless on the bedroom. His crying sisters were standing over him. The mother gave his corpse a kick and told the girls that their brother was dead. That night, Maria and Lucia cried themselves to sleep. Early the next morning, Rosa went into Maria's bedroom and woke her sleeping daughter. No need to get up this morning. You don't have to do your choices today. Do you hear me, my pretty little cockroach? Maria nodded as Rosa sat down in the corner of her bed and began to sing her a lullaby. It was a song that she used to sing when Maria was just a baby. The young girl welcomed this tenderness from her mother and soon closed her eyes. Suddenly Rosa took an ice pick out of her sleeve. Before she knew, before Maria knew what was happening, she drove it into her daughter's chest, piercing her heart. Maria died almost instantly. A few hours later, Lucia woke up and went into her sister's bedroom. She was horrified to find the blood bed soaked in blood, Maria lying dead in the middle. Terrified, Lucia ran downstairs. Mommy, mommy, she screamed. A murderer broke into the house while we were sleeping and killed Mary. I must confess one thing, said her mother. My daughters and sons, I both loved and hated. I was the one who killed your brothers and sisters. I did it all. I chopped off Francisco's heads. I poisoned Javier with cyanide. I pierced Mary's heart with an ice pick, and now I'll strangle you. And your dinner's on the table, and it's getting cold. Come on. Okay. Come on.